Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Flames Fancast. It's uh, Tuesday, March 16th, and we're recording a day after the Oilers game and after the big news of Sutter's hires as coach. He's been in for three games, of which we've won all three. And uh, we're just going to jump right in with that. Talk about Daryl. What are your initial thoughts? Sorry, I'm moving my mic here. Um, I At first, I was a little like, why are we doing this? Why are we going back in time? Why are we entering the time machine? <laughs> Let's go back to 2004 and come to this point where we had to go full circle. I, it was weird. Like At first, I was kind of like, wasn't there someone out there that probably had experience in the last, you know, before the last four years? Because uh, he hasn't been coaching for four years, right? Uh, I think it said his last gig, he was an advisor to the right. GM or president of hockey operations for Anaheim. Right. So. But we, we should 2019. Probably. Sure. That was 2019. But as a coach, I don't know, it has been a while. So I actually had to Google him to find out what age he was and found out it actually wasn't as old as I thought he was. So that's, that how, was a how plus. How old is he? He's just like in his early 60s. Like, it's not that bad. I think it was like 62 or 63. I should double check that. I'm sure someone's fact checking us right now. Um, anyway, so yeah, like at first I was like, ah, eh, and then now, like, obviously time has gone by and. It's kind of grown on me. Yeah, well, he's been successful. I mean, I was like you initially when the news broke that night, immediately after the thumping of Ottawa. I was pretty shocked because all things seemed normal. And then out of nowhere, it's like the Flames have relieved Jeff Ward and, and hired Daryl Sutter as coach. You Usually you don't see that kind of immediate termination in hiring. 62, by the way. 62 years old. Yeah, early 60s, you're right. Yeah. But, I mean, <clears throat> someone, someone in the organization was feeling like it was their last throw of the dice, I feel. And I, part of me also feels a bit, as much as I've heard Trilliving talk about it, that his hand was kind of guided in this direction a little bit, maybe by somebody else, maybe by ownership. I know that's a bit out there. But just the circling back to Sutter, it just seems a bit, a bit fishy to me in the fact that maybe there's somebody else who's having a voice here. He's been around the club for a lot longer than, than, than Treliving has. Maybe. And maybe there's a, dare I say, transition plan that down the road, let's say, I don't know, maybe there's a metric that, the, that management gave Treliving, and if he doesn't fit that metric, then they just moved Daryl into GM, which was an absolute mistake. When we did that, in hindsight, so you'd hope that we don't repeat that again. I don't, I think, you know, I heard Treliving talk about it, and this is one thing I wanted to bring up, was that, you know, oh, the team knows that he's here for the long term. Like, he's got a three-year contract. They know he's not going anywhere. I'm like, I don't really think players care about that, because they're in the position of power. Yeah. I, like the coaches, the coach. Oh, you definitely don't want the players to think that. Yeah, like what are they gonna do? What are they really gonna do? Like I have my contract. I'm gonna play hockey and like if, whatever if coach yeah. is here is the coach that's here. Yeah, but if I'm management, if my players thought like that, it's gone. I de- I deal them right away. You can't have that. It'll it'll be interesting to see how the Treliving story or whatever contract he has unfolds in the summer. Yeah, because, you know, either management or sorry, ownership has given him their full blessing and said, you know what, if you believe in this guy, sign him up long term or there's something else going on here. And 
the reins have kind of, I don't know how to say it, a little bit been taken out of his hand. But then again, if you're a general manager of a club and that happens to you, how can you really continue? I agree. There's nothing, yeah, I don't know. It just it was just one of my initial thoughts and musings that I good point. percolated on for a little bit, but I just thought... While you were on the can. Yeah, of course, right? You're taking a shit, doing your best thoughts, doing your best thinking, splitting the atom, thinking it, about their Sutter. It just didn't seem like a trilliving move. It didn't. Yeah, I agree with you. There's something... I, f- I do feel like there's something behind the scenes here and, as and just, well. And just the, the whole thing about saying, you know, he's here on a three-year contract. Oh, you players know he's not going anywhere. Like... What is that? What is that saying? Like they they ran the other coach out of town. Well, the whole the whole way it went down too is kind of yeah. like it was uh, it was almost like you know like it, it just sort of happened. Like it was after a win, a, a big win. Yeah, it was a big win. And then they just said Ward is hired. Yeah. Literally in like the same tweet, Daryl Sutter is hired. Ward is fired. Yeah, and it was almost like <laughs> Ward found out through his Twitter feed that he was like, oh. Like, yeah, I think he. I no, think. like I mean, it, it just felt like that's the way it went down. It was just so like, huh? Okay, sweet. Like uh, I don't even think we heard from him at all. Ward's just no, gone. No, he just kind of he's been like disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Like this is <laughs> like some sort he's of in a like safe house in CCP northern Saskatchewan type fucking like yeah. <laughs> he's like the guy for like Alibaba just like disappearing. He's gone. Uh, I, he showed up, but. Jack yeah, Ma. Yeah, he's gone. Well, they're going to dismantle that again. Well, there you go. We run like the CCP. That <laughs> fitting. We've got a flaming C. We're red. <laughs> For <laughs> Jank is referring to the Chinese Communist Party as our podcast is about to get censored on every major <laughs> network. But. China. Uh... China. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'll stop. Yeah, it was just strange just <laughs> thinking back on it because, you know, you're kind of in shock when it happens. And now that you've had a, a little over a week to let it digest. Um, yeah, it's uh, well, yeah, and just it, there's just it, so many done. things that seem fishy, yeah, but by is. and large, a coaching change is what's needed. We yeah, we needed something. And that was definitely the first step. Daryl Sutter was the left field candidate. It, I, out totally. Of nowhere, I, I think you had other. I mean, you had. Um, yeah, Boudreaux. You had uh, Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, he's, he's available. available. Yeah, he's on like NHL Network and shit. Gallant is out there. Gallant is out there. I think those guys are expensive. Probably. And then uh, I guess you could say, um, what's his face was available too. Um, can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. He was on the Maple Leafs before. Babcock. Uh, Babcock. Yeah. Babcock. Um, but is... he's got a bit of a stigma now to him. Yeah. Um, He's currently coaching the University of Saskatchewan yeah, as a volunteer like or something, right? But. So, I mean, anyway, the point is there were candidates out there, I think. And then, I don't know, like going to a familiar familiar guy like Sutter who, you know, as he said in his interview, I'm here to win a cup. You know, he may feel like there's unfinished business. At the same time, does he really? Because... I was listening to a podcast, uh, thanks to a buddy of ours, uh, he suggested it, uh, Dan. Um, there was an interview about Simone Gagne. It's a Flyers podcast, obviously. And uh, Simone Gagne was asked from Sutter, Sutter's like, are you ready to play? And he, they were in their playoff run at the time. This is the year they won, or the next year. Gagne's they won the on Cup. L.A., right? He was on L.A. Yeah. at the time when they won the Cub. And, 
you know, Sutter's like, are you ready? Because he was injured. He like he had a major injury. And then Gagne's like, you know what? I, I have unfinished business because the Flyers made the final a year or two before that. Uh, and they lost. Okay. And it was that year. That was that crazy year. I think they played uh, Pittsburgh in the first round. Those games were yeah, going like yeah. eight six. I remember. Like yeah. That. I won the hockey pool that we were in because I picked like flyers. three flyers. It was over. Um, and Daryl said, "I feel the same. I have unfinished business too." So Daryl was fueled by that fire with the Flames in Tampa Bay. Obviously, Gagne was fired by fired up by the Flyers traumatizing thing so does he really have unfinished business sure i on definitely on paper he does like and i i'm sure he does still feel it but there is that extra desire for the first like revenge right for the first time not even revenge yeah Yeah. like that feeling you gotta think kind of wanes a bit i'm not saying he doesn't have it i'm saying I get, I, I get what you're saying. I've got one already, you know. Like, yeah. I've won it. I've all, done all it. All else fails, I go home with a cup. Yeah, like, I hear you. Yeah. Um, that's a great point. I've never, uh, I've never really thought of that. I mean, I yeah. just took him at face value when he said, I've got unfinished business, but, you know, how much... I guess another thing you could do is say, if you've kind of resigned yourself to advising here and there and uh, being... I don't know, quote unquote, semi-retired for a couple of years. Is the fire still there? Yeah. I mean, well, that's, or, that's a time. Are we thing. just, you know, dusting off the old Corvette for one more ride <laughs> off into the sunset, right? Before but, the electric vehicles come in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's another, you know, apt <laughs> metaphor for it because there are a lot of questions around his understanding of the game, which I felt was a bit unfair because I think he's a very brilliant hockey mind. Yeah, that's an unfair criticism for sure. Yeah, I think he understands the game very well, and he's he's a pupil of the game. You know, I watched one of his interviews. They're always awkward, but it was more awkward because we were playing Edmonton, and he was talking about, well, I live in Viking, and I watch more Edmonton than I do Calgary. <laughs> and he's like, oh, wait, I'm the coach of the Calgary Flames now. I, I, I can't say. I mean, I also watch Vancouver, and then he said that, and as well as Calgary. I watch them too. Yeah. But you know but no he's still guy, a student right? of the game yeah for sure maybe he's got a bit more localized but uh i think he's a smart hockey brain and you know you you hear these reports coming out about how practices are hard and kachuk and lindholm came out and said well that's the best practice we've had in a long time like it's kind of yeah it i guess was- it's a little bit disappointing but it's not disappointing because i felt like we should have had some good practices after getting crushed by Ottawa a couple times. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, like, were they just saying that, obviously, because new coach, whatever, but were they saying that because the practices were shit before? Like, what? I mean, this is not the soil word or anything, but some of these guys that were saying that have been around this team for a while, and they've thus been under a couple different coaches. And now to come out and say, it almost feels like they came out and were like, wow, that was like an actual practice. Like, buddy, what have you been doing for the last two, three seasons to say that? Now, again, it's one of those, like, maybe he wants to, you know, impress the coach, right? I did find it funny when they did that. I don't know if it was a bag skate. You know, apparently only lasted a few laps or something like that. But I found it kind of funny thinking that these guys were probably actually trying really hard in the first practice with Sutter, and then Sutter found the need to do a bag skate. 
I was just like, you know, you guys were actually uh, trying. You he see, sees, he sees through the bullshit, man. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know, the bag. I don't think the bag funny. skate was for that practice. The bag skate is for we're, for we're thirty games in and yeah. we're in fifth place. Yeah, way to go, guys. Get moving, right? But I think, yeah, back to your point of, I, he is a pupil of the game. I I agree with you. I don't think people lose that. I, I think if you if you're so passionate about the game, you understand the game, you kind of live, breathe, eat the game, you played it, you coached it, you, you were GM. I don't think you lose that. Um, I kind of look at, it's the same with a guy like a, a wenger in Arsenal, right? Like, I know that guy could coach again, no uh, problem, right? I, like, it doesn't matter how old you are, or listen, as long as you're all there. He brought the matter. Flames, a, a sixth place team, is that right, going into 2004 to a Stanley Cup final pre-lockout. He won a cup with the Kings post-lockup. The game's changed really? a lot by then. Yeah. And he's kept up and he's done it. Um, whatever he does as a coach is effective. And I know almost every Flame fan you'll talk to will have the opinion. He was an absolutely fantastic coach. Not so great GM, and that might be putting it kindly. But I, I can tell you one thing uh, about Sutter and the bag skate is that if he throws a stick over the boards at practice, nobody is saying that was a ten out of ten throw there, coach. Yeah, that and that's an ama- that, that's a really good point. Like, you don't want it. You're 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 soft. If you're a coach that like people are laughing at you and you huck a stick into the stands and they laugh at you, and make a joke. That's soft, man. That means you, you like no one respects you. I think it's pretty clear that you know Sutter is your coach and he's. He's there for you when you need, and you know, talk about hockey and a confident guy, but he's not really your friend. Yeah, it's. I could be wrong. I'm not in the dressing room at all, but I think he's got an an appropriate and effective player coach relationship dynamic. And it's just the master and the student. I think that's how he does it. And maybe I need to walk back on. I think we've been doing this for what three years, and I do remember, like, I have multiple times said find the balance because you got these kids growing up in a way different generation that's a lot more babied now versus what when you and I were younger I'm not saying we were beat up but I'm just saying like things were harsher and they were you were told there's no participation medals nothing when we were younger and the dynamic of us of a coach coming up to us being like you got to play fucking harder like th- there's no excuse we took that as I got to play harder now you can't do that but maybe you still do maybe a guy like Sutter is what is exactly what's needed for some of the younger guys on this team and the guys that are in positions of, you know, like they're in positions where they are the stars. They are the core. It's like, dude, you got to I mean, you yeah. legit have to get your shit together. I think when they talk about, like you're saying, the balance between a coach and Trilliving and others are saying there's no miscommunications with him. He's very clear about his expectations. Right. I think everybody knew why they're doing that bag skate. And I think Sutter, I don't really know, but you know, he could just kind of tell you matter of fact, and you're like, I have no response because he's absolutely right. And, and I he's need, won two Stanley I Cups. I need to make that change. <laughs> he knows what it takes. Yeah. yeah. And, but I, I wanted to ask you, because it, it's been so early, three games only. Don't. <laughs> the last time we did a three-game. <laughs> three-game celebration, swing and a miss. Woo! Yeah, that's uh, never happened in my life before. Yeah, but um, many examples. What's what's Sutter done so well, or so differently, so differently, or so right so far? I think the game we're just simple. 
we're dumping it in a lot. Kelly Rudy was saying that actually yesterday's game. I'm stealing his point, and I don't I don't care because I'm going to. It's a good point. We're dumping it in a lot. We're we're doing little things like that. Like Johnny's not skating the puck across the line. We're not seeing like the. It feels like when we overpass it just to enter the zone. I'm not talking about the drop pass and the power play. I'm talking about in general. Like it does feel like we've constantly tried to overplay it into this into the offensive zone here it's like almost exclusively dump it in dump it in dump it in don't give a fuck play a little bit boring i don't care it's effective yeah that's what i'm seeing yeah i mean it's it is effective and it's responsive and you know i don't think we have a team full of immensely talented players I mean, as we're going to discuss later on here, we do not have a player who is a point per game. Yeah. And you look at some of these other shitty. teams with some of these uh, stars who are just producing ridiculous numbers this season. But uh, we don't have anyone in that realm. Monaghan's on like a two points every three games kind of streak. That's your number one center. You know, who in a regular season would probably end with about you know, 65 to 60 points. Um, he's, ha- he's halfway through the season. He's got 20 points right now. Yeah, so he's on pace for 40. Kachuk's got like, 23. Johnny's got 23. Kachuk's been having a really off year, too. Lindholm is our highest scorer um, with 26 points in 29 games. I mean, to me, those underlying numbers for what should be some – modicum of elite forwards uh is worrying and i know perhaps we're being overly critical here and putting the bar too high but uh we usually do oh it's 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 we're biased it stresses me out just to see those kinds of low production numbers and then to look at you know other teams and just how their performers come in day in day out it speaks to our, you know, if anything, it speaks to our consistency issues, which... For sure. And and I think when I watched those first five games and then I watched the remaining whatever 20-something games after that, I think the epiphany for me was, yeah, we're just not that good. And, like, we're not deep. No. And we just, we don't have anything up the pipe either. I think we did touch on this last episode. My issue right now is that what what is the direction at this point? I agree with you. That there are top guys like Johnny Johnny's been still by and large good this year. Uh Lindholm's probably our best player points wise, uh considering how much ice time he gets. What the question to me now is, okay, we've accepted, I think I'm hoping most of the fans especially too have accepted this this team has no depth. They're, we're just not that good yet. What do you do? Because I feel you're, like, yeah. You're, you're sitting there. There was that rumor that came out about Johnny. I know you saw that. It was like something with like the Maple Leafs and Kerfoot and all this stupid shit. Oh, Obviously no. it didn't. Okay. First of all, Flames organization, you're banned from trading with the fucking Maple Leafs. If we trade with them again, we're going to get fucked because somehow those guys have our number. But... It does seem like maybe where there's smoke, there's fire situation here. And like, is Sutter going to get more of these guys? Sure. Richie's been getting some crazy returns here for giving him those first line minutes. 
He had an amazing knockout last game too. I can't remember the last time I've seen an actual knockout blow. Yeah, it's been a while. Like he and it's you know in, on skates you're not you're not planted right. You're, yeah, you're not no, getting, that was like, square in the face. Oh man, like he right did. on that like just a <laughs> yeah. cheek to jaw. Carol had no idea where he was. No, and I I actually cringe whenever I see that like like the eyes scares, just yeah, like the eyes just yeah. into space like it actually creeps me out. So hopefully he's okay. Um, obviously long term, like there's no residual effects. But anyway, like back to the point of like, what do we do? Because you're you bring up a good point. This is scary, and this is not points that we can rely on. This is not the kind of production we can rely on. I I feel like you know, and it makes me think. There's why is a player like Markstrom choosing us over Vancouver and Edmonton? I, I guess there's something in Vancouver that like they're like we're done with you goodbye. But he could have gone to Edmonton too. Why did he pick us? I mean, there could have. I mean, there's probably multiple reasons, man. Like, I mean, maybe Markstrom was just asking for too much money, and Vancouver has a different approach right now. I mean, they signed uh, Holtby. I don't know how much for 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 some. Yeah, yeah but so but I, I, that's not that's not quite what I mean. It's that. It almost feels like every year we're just in another, okay, well, it didn't quite work out this year. Let's wait and see how it goes next year. And okay, and we'll tinker a bit here and there. But, you know, nobody's pulled the plug on either full-on go for it or full-on rebuild. Yeah. Right? And going for it means you're trading some of your top-notch prospects, of which we are, are, I don't know, our A prospects are what, Valimaki? (laughs) Maybe Dubay? I do base is, is Mangiapane is still pros- still a prospect? Uh, I think well, I think at this point we should be expecting him to break out here either this season or next. So but, sure, borderline prospect, but I like him. I, I like him good. too. But it just feels like there hasn't really been I feel like there have been discussions that have said if this happens X, Y, and Z are going to happen, and it's kind of been like they've they've talked themselves back from that line a few times. Like, well, yeah. you know, in this off season, we're going to lose Brody, and we're going to lose someone else. I can't remember, but we'll we'll sign Markstrom, and we'll get Tanev, and you know, we'll, we'll take another shot at this. And Anderson's going to step up, and Valimaki's healthy, and uh, all the the boys have the forwards have another season playing under their belt, and yeah. It just feels like I I honestly don't know the direction you'd take for a rebuild for this. T- it's just uh, it's losing our top stars, probably rebuilding around a Lindholm Kachuk kind of core. Which honestly, it just looks like we have a bunch of supporting cast. <laughs> That's a good point. It's a good way of putting it. And I saw I I it surprised the shit out of me actually from that draft class that Monahan came from. He's the first one to get to two hundred goals. Ahead of Nathan McKinnon. I'm not kidding. He has more goals than Nathan McKinnon in the NHL. Yeah, it's not like Monahan's bad. He just, he just doesn't really stand out. He's, he's kind of like... Monahan's one of those guys that... He's like a poacher in soccer. Like He just, he just knows when the snipe were to be. The puck kind of lands where he, he is. And I think that's a big credit to his offensive awareness. I, I think his IQ for the game is incredibly high. But, but it just but there's there's nothing there's nothing built in him that shows me long term superstar for us. But I mean in in his defense and we never really defend him. He's 
No, but because he's just so like he's got two hundred goals. I know, and it's that's nothing to scoff at. Obviously, it's just maybe he just hasn't had the right line mates outside of Johnny is obviously a good line mate. He's a big reason why he had all those goals. But that third guy, we just haven't ever look. When was the last time we can conclusively say we had a third guy on that line that was a bona fide first liner with them? I can tell you many times when we thought we did. Yeah, I cannot tell. And it just you- falls off. The last most consistent line I remember us having at forward was the 3M line, which played basically together for a year. Right. But I'm right. talking about Johnny Imani. Backland, What's-His-Nuts. Uh, Froelich and... Froelich and Chuck. Chuck, yeah. That's the last line I can remember that had any kind of lasting chemistry. Johnny and Imani being two players that have consistently stuck together. Yeah. But that one... The third guy. And typically that year, it was always Lindholm with them. It kind of worked, but then we've, ki- we've kind of created... We've teased ourselves into thinking we have artificial depth at center by moving Lindholm to center, moving Backlund down, and moving other players to play center on the wing. Um, I think you need to give those players who naturally play center the opportunity there. And the player like Lindholm needs to be on the first line on the wing. Yeah, I mean... I- or Kachuk. Get Kachuk up there. I- I don't know why we haven't tried Kachuk with Goudreau and Monaghan. Well, we have, but it just, it, it, it comes and goes, right? It's the odd What happened to Bennett and Goudreau and Monaghan? Well, I mean, this is another thing. Like, I think this is Bennett's last chance, right? And, like, I think if there's a guy that can appreciate Bennett's skill set and his hockey build, it is a guy like Sutter. But... There's something about Bennett that just he can't gain any type of consistency on that first line when he is given that opportunity. I've constantly backed this guy, and it's disappointed me every single time that he's he puts in the odd good shift. I'm like, okay, fucking finally, maybe he can build some momentum here. And then I don't know where you see him back on the third line because something is said or something is done, and something is he gets a stupid penalty or whatever. We don't, yeah. I don't know if we have the solution on the team. And does, does not having the right chemistry in your first line warrant you to blow up the first top pairing of Johnny Imani? Maybe at this point it does. I'm not saying deal them, but I'm saying this is the conversation you probably need to have now. How many years has it been? We don't have a first line. We still don't. To me, a first line is three bona fide players I know I could put on the sheet Every game. And we had that with the 3M line, as you were saying. They were second line. Sure, but my point is, it's still the same. Right. We haven't really had... That should have been the first line, right? And Johnny and Monty, they should be immediately the first guys on the list when you put the starting lineup in as a coach. And they should always have a third guy that you put on. Well, why is he a third wheel? We just... At, at some point, you have to take responsibility as a club and be like, okay, we, we got to, this isn't working. And it's no knock on either two. It's just, guys, we just couldn't figure it out with you. I, I think, I don't know when we, it seems like a lot of our decisions on players are forced. Yeah. Like, Reactionary all like, the time. Like Brody, we're just going to let your contract run down. Hamannick, we're going to spend multiple first round picks to get you and then I'll, I'll see you later like yeah. these players that we invest heavily in and drop off like we trade uh, high high first round picks for a, a second round a second pairing d-man yeah um 
I don't know. <laughs> it's tough, but I just think there's a lot that 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 wait and see, wait and see, wait and see, and it, it catches you in that that like f- sixth to third place in the North Division. Like you just kind of wiggle up and down from there. When we finished second in the NHL, we got bounced in the first round of the playoffs in five games. Yeah, that was embarrassing. That should have been a wake up call. That, but uh, we're still here with the everything's still the same. So I don't know. Maybe it's just super hard to make any kind of deal in the NHL. But uh, well, the yeah. thing is with social media, it makes it actually harder to you lose your bargaining chips pretty quick. Like your 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 hand. Imagine a poker table. Your hand is basically broadcasted all the time yeah like i hate to say it to people who know these players personally that aren't even in the media like people with instagram and twitter and facebook all you guys that actually know these players who have hung out with them who know friends of friends you guys are kind of at fault at ruining the hand of the gm if you hear that a player is like banging hookers or like (laughs) going to like fucking cambodia to like you know start a sweatshop you shouldn't say a fucking thing don't say a thing because if you need to deal those players you need to make sure that we can get maximum value i went real extreme with that example but my point is the same the player could he could build a hospital and that's all good like but my point is don't don't announce to the world what this player is doing. Let him do that, right? Let his wife do that, you know, because they live together and, you know, they, I'm sure they talk about it. It's not like they're, she's not like a, like a Wanda Nara with like Maro Icardi and like Inter, like, you know, where she ruined his career. This is very different. And I think, and I don't really know anyone that knows these people uh, or these players at all, but I think my point is pretty like it's legit no it is because if you think about it if if okay for example if giordano is complaining about a coach Mm -hmm. right yeah that's between giordano and the fucking coach as it should be but if i knew giordano personally and i had like you know a thousand followers in calgary right and then i kind of just put up a post about like geo like and me at a at a fire pit and then like saying in the comments, I'm like, yeah, he's pissed at Sutter. You, you kind of ruined it, especially if Treloving was actually thinking yeah, about but de- dealing with it. The thing him, about right? those people is that their motivation is not for the team, it's for their own attention no, know, and self gratification. This is me just sounding out to those people who don't realize that they're actually hampering the team that they cheer for by doing that shit. Yeah, people are dumb. Yeah, well, that's. People that, are selfish. That's. that's they that don't goes care. That's insane. But. My point is, like, it is hard to deal in the NHL. It doesn't take much to figure out what a player does or what he feels or what he wants to do. Whereas in the 90s or the early 2000s, you don't know a fucking thing. Guys could show up injured for fuck's sake. You wouldn't even know. Right? It was just sort of a gentleman's agreement. You got to evolve with the team. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's just me that maybe I'm just kind of anti-social media and all this shit. But. It just, I, nothing good comes out of it. No, I agree. And um, it's dangerous for clubs. It's dangerous. Yeah. And there's substantiated rumors about everybody in this fucking league. We have players like that. You know, the Oilers have players like that. 
you're you're only fucking Trelleving if he actually wants to deal with Mon- deal Monahan, right? If a rumor came out about Monahan, I'm sh- there has been like they went to Mexico, came back hungover, and they were they were fucking benched, right? Like it's not like that's somewhat public, fine, but. I'm sure there were people on social media saying what they did or, or speculated. Course, like yeah. it's just guys, shut the fuck up and let. Well, also let as the a GM pro athlete, you know you're accountable for that. You got to realize. Yeah, for sure. You're going to Mexico where n- numerous Canadians are going to be. Yeah. You're going to be recognized. Yeah, and that's on the players. Fine, I get that. But I'm just saying, don't add fuel to the fire. Don't fuck up your team's chances of doing deals, because. I just I I I, I agree with you as a fan of a team before players. I agree with you a hundred percent. I just don't think people, individuals, players, and players' friends and associates think that way. And you know, you're absolutely right. You're you're screwing over your team by doing that. But you know, you can't it's just it like anyway. it's just like people in society. I, they don't care. I don't care. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, not my problem, right? But I can I'd, say whatever I want. I, I thought I'd sound out with our minimal audience and be like, hey, like if you guys know someone that does that, tell them to stop. Nothing good comes out of it. I agree. Yeah. This I, is why I don't like talking about people behind their backs. It's like I don't say shit about anyone that I know because it's, nothing good comes out of it. There's no, no point. Yeah, like, never. Just, I, be a man. Say it to her face. It, <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. <laughs> what about the Oilers game? Let, let's talk about the hit that precipitated the fight. Um, I mean, I'm biased, but dirty. Totally dirty. And the NHL, hope, did they do anything about it? I don't think so. Because you know what? We went out there and we took care of yeah. ourselves. <laughs> like, how <laughs> apt we knocked him out. It would be, it would be a shame... Just because of what happened to him after that, the NHL felt that it was okay to like let that go. I don't think that's yeah, good. And you know, the the fights, like every, the teams are banging their sticks on the bench, right? I'm like Oilers, what do you, what do you, your guys on the ground? <laughs> He's unconscious, and you're like, thanks, bud. Yeah, <laughs> good job. I but, mean, the hit was dirty for sure. I I don't know if Jujar Kara meant that. I don't. He doesn't strike me as a dirty player. He's kind of one of those like deterrent players like don't fuck around because i'm here I, I i don't think i've ever really seen him do anything overtly dirty in fact i don't think that hit was i don't think he was meaning to like it didn't it's not like he came it's with a calgary oilers he's dirty yeah i'm not defending him i'm just saying he knew he had to answer the bell which he did um yeah and i'm sure oilers fans are like well why didn't you through well the thing is is that at least these two are the same size um, and this was a fair fight, and Kachuk was, did answer the bell, man. Yeah, eventually, and um, yeah, that was uh, it's a good fight. Who did Kachuk hit again? Dry sidle or no? He hit Cassian. Oh, he hit Cassian like numerous times. <laughs> Boom, and then Cassian like threw him around like a rag doll. But uh, the game, it was simple. Yeah, it was. It wasn't boring in my mind. There's a bunch of pundits saying we're playing boring hockey. It's like, I don't really care if we're winning. You know, one, my one point I really wanted to address was that we'd take a lead, the game would get tied, we'd take it again repetitively, especially when it went 3-3 and we got the fourth goal immediately yeah, and held was, on. That was frustrating. I was, sure. I was impressed with our ability to bounce back mm. and our That's ability to hold that lead. 
And it was a and fucking Oilers goals were garbage. That like one on was it the second goal? It was like Markstrom actually made a really good save, and then like I forgot the name of the Oilers player because there's really nobody else on that team outside of McDavid and Drysaddle. But this guy like shot it and it uh, went James off, like, James Neal. Oh yeah, yeah, stud. And so like it kind of like Markstrom was like sprawling. And then, like, on the rebound, like, the puck wasn't even going to, like, hit the net, basically, unless he hit Markstrom. So, it was dumb. Anyway, they scored some shit goals. Um, but, yeah, the, the resiliency is something we haven't seen, I think, on a consistent basis. Did you like the Mike Smith stick lift? Oh, God. Are you talking about, like, where he got scored on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. dude. Oh. I, I felt this, like joy that i i can only revel in in situations <laughs> like that where it was like ultimate irony for for us in a good way <laughs> like the stuff that you and i would yell at the tv for whenever fucking mike smith overplayed the puck and you know what i said too actually while i was watching it i was texting my brother and i was like you know smith is actually handling the puck well it's, it's one of <laughs> those of course it's one of those games where mike smith actually is holding the puck well and then, bam, 30 seconds later, that fucking play happens. Yeah. It's a good laugh. Yeah. It was... I, How did you feel? Oh, I just, <laughs> I just had to... I, like, I can't believe my eyes. And I had to watch the replay, and I was like, how did this happen? Like, he literally lifts his stick, and Mike Smith's just kind of like, uh-oh, uh-oh, Sprawling uh-oh, back, uh-oh. Yeah. And he's like, I'm hoping this doesn't go in. Manji <laughs> pa- <laughs> was it Manji Pani? He's like, bang. He's like, yeah. And he's like, Smith kind of shrugs down. He's like, I tried. What? I'll, I'll never learn my lesson. <laughs> I've been at it for this long. I'll work next time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine being Oilers fan. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No, I can't either. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just can't. Uh, <laughs> city, of, city of champions, right? Didn't they take that down? I, I. Well, you should. That's embarrassing, boys. I mean, you can't cling on to that old glory like that. I mean, we cling on to our like old soccer glory like it doesn't end, but we're just a couple of hacks. Yeah. Hack glory is great. Hack but... glory is great. Beer league glory is among the most f- amazing moments in a person's life. <laughs> where you reminisce about your fat ass like scoring a goal that got deflected off four players. I had a walk-off home run once in softball. I'll never forget that moment. <laughs> Talk about swinging a miss, not that time, hey? <laughs> it was like, I remember the players were just like, just get a base hit, that's all we need. And I just like, I was <laughs> literally just trying to make it. contact and it just, boom, it was in the sweetest part of the bat. And it was in a fence diamond and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get caught out. This guy's going to scream at me. It just goes over the fence. And he's like, he, you could tell he like wasn't happy that I did that, you know? It was one of those things where like, you really risked it there because we could have got caught out with a fly ball. Yeah. But I was like, well, it's a home run. What do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, what, what are you going to do about it? Um, <sighs> yeah, but it was just sweet to win over the Oilers. We play them again tomorrow. Yeah. Then we got uh, two games against Toronto. So, I mean, these are... Thick and fast. These are all... Yeah, exactly. The season's finishing fast. So, hopefully the boys keeps this momentum up. Momentum up we, and, need uh, to, we need to keep winning, and we need to keep winning in regulation, if we can. Yeah, that that's the big thing, right? Because since you're doing these interdivisional 
things, those OT, those loser points are actually like even more detrimental now. Yeah. You're just giving it away to a team that's in your div. And yeah. that's not ideal at all. I it's, mean, it was different when, you know, you're playing New Jersey and you're kind of like, okay, well, whatever. Well, anything else? Nope. There I were th- sorry. There were two quick things. There was I forgot to mention how Nordstrom has zero points. To your point about no depth. Yeah. I mean, Twenty three games, no points. I'm glad that Shillington's getting a look. I think here, um, because he played pretty well last game too. I'm yeah. a big Shillington fan, as you know. Yeah. I he's know the guy he's... who took that hit, and we stood up for him. That's yeah. for sure. And he came back like a champ and played the rest of the game. And there's some rumblings about Canadian teams wanting to carry on with this North Division. Did you know? No, I don't know. That. So that'll be an interesting development, but uh, I kind of hope not. And that, yeah, I wouldn't. I'm, I wouldn't mind for another season. No, I'm not a fan of it. Okay, we'll go back to playing fucking Colorado and San Jose and yeah. Shit well, you know what? You're not going to get better by playing fucking Ottawa over and over again. We're not because they beat us. So well, well, maybe fine. we are actually going to. Okay, get but if you make the playoffs and then you play Colorado, you play fucking Washington or. Tampa Bay, you're gonna get your, like it's gonna be a rude awakening. Yeah, that's a fair. You point. gotta you gotta play the good teams. I don't care. It's this is not a good. This season, to me, is bullshit. I hate <laughs> these divisions. I get why we're doing it, obviously, but if anyone likes this, I I will argue to my last breath that this is a really really dumb <laughs> format, and we shouldn't continue with it if, as long as we can't in a or sorry as long as we can in a healthy way go back to the way it was because this is not good for anybody in my opinion heck okay well, you, well i mean you, i don't know better. like do you want that i don't mind the excitement of playing these teams regularly i just yeah, i, I get Edmonton's fired up fun. for the edmonton games sure sure that's vancouver fun. games well, Even Winnipeg s- games to an extent. They now. can set it up so that you can play our rivals more often, but still go back. To- I'm scared of playing Ottawa, to be honest. <laughs> wow, <laughs> which is fair actually, because we've what split the series? No, they're ahead of us. Aren't they're they? ahead, yeah. Oh fuck, they're ahead. But uh, new beginnings. With yeah, my upstairs neighbor making noise again. I hope he listens to this podcast because he knows <laughs> that he's being the most fucking irritating guy. On the planet lately. Fucking building the pyramids at like 12 a.m. <laughs> upstairs. With, by his hands. Fuck. With his hands. Sorry, with his hands. I'm tired. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, we appreciate it. Uh, it's been a wild couple weeks, and we got a wild couple more ahead with Oilers Edmonton. and Sorry, Oilers and Edmonton are the same teams, but... We've got the Oilers and the Maple Leafs coming up soon. So, again, thanks so much. We love hearing from you. Flames Fancast at Twitter and flamesfancast at gmail.com. If you reach out, thanks again. Have a wonderful evening or great morning or wonderful afternoon. Bye-bye.